Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to talk about For the Love of Art. For the Love of Art. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, you might be wondering like, okay, well, what does that mean? What are you guys talking about? And really, um, we just want to talk about uh, anything that comes to mind when it comes to art and why it is that we create what the what is that we do what we do as artists Mm -hmm. um a lot of you guys out there listening to this probably know that it's not the easiest thing in the world when it comes to finances or make turning it into a business or anything like that and so why do we do it why is it that we do this thing um that sometimes drives us crazy Maybe the knee-jerk response is like, because we're insane. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. The good kind. You got to think about it. Yeah, we're we're insane in a good way. Um, I think about that. So I'm working on this piece that um, I've been working on for a while Mm -hmm. over the last year. You guys know that last year was like, unfortunately, last year I did not get to focus on the studio as much as I would have wanted to. Um, and by not focusing on the studio means I, I got in there only a handful of days last year, which is not what you do when you are an artist and this is what you do full time. Not ideally. No. no, not ideally. And there is this one piece. It's a large canvas that I stretched myself and I have been struggling with this thing. Right now, I am on what would be considered the third rendition of this piece. It, the the first the first rendition of it was uh, an image of a woman with light coming out of her, and then the second rendition was a man punching the ground with lightning coming out of the ground. And now I've got this third rendition that I'm I'm much more happy with. It's just not there yet. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's electrifying. It's, it's really, it's getting to that point. So like, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, why is it that we sit there and push through and create stuff, right? And for ourselves, essentially, right? Like you're using this canvas, you are buying materials, you are putting it on canvas. There is zero guarantee that the artwork is going to sell, right? So as far as a business standpoint, like that doesn't make any sense, right? So you're pouring two years worth of time and energy into something that like is not going to sell. And it's definitely not going to sell for a price that covers two years worth of, you know, living expenses. So like business-wise, it doesn't make sense. And So I was really thinking about that. I was like, why is it that I create art? Because obviously, yes, I am an artist for a living, but I definitely don't create art for the money because the money is never guaranteed in that. So why do I create art? And of course, the the quick answer is because I love it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so like I want to investigate that a little bit further. I want to investigate like what are the what is the true reason that I create art. I think I've been thinking a lot about this lately because um, like when you are doing art as a career, it's kind of sometimes it's easy to lose your way and forget why you do art. And so I think it's a pretty good idea to um, periodically revisit this and remember, actively remember why you love this thing. 
And I think there's probably a lot of different pieces of that puzzle that come together to form the larger image of why you personally love what you do. Um, for me, one of the reasons is that I love magic and the magical side of life. And doing art reminds me of the magic of life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's one one little piece of the puzzle. And for everybody listening to this at home, we have our amazing Rogue Artist family here with us. And they're going to chime in with their comments, questions, um, insights, because their insights are absolutely brilliant. So if you hear us reading something, that's who we're reading comments from. And the first one we have is from Onhan Art, who says, even though I get nervous about screwing up a piece while working on it, everyone, everyone, all of us do that. I'm driven to make art. I love that. And I, I want to explore that a little bit further, right? Because I, I think the reason that I was thinking about this was because obviously there's the love of creating art, right? But to me, that's on the surface or like I'm driven to create art, right? Mm -hmm. for, for a lot of us, like last year was rough for me because I didn't get into studio enough to create art. Mm -hmm. And you feel like there's this emptiness, like something is missing in your life. And um, that's something that I experienced a lot when I was in the corporate world where I wasn't getting into any kind of studio. I always had some kind of like art spot where I could create stuff, but a lot of times the demands of life and work, like I just didn't, you know, my own attitude, I didn't get to create as much as I wanted to. And what is that reason? Like, why is it that some of us are so driven to create? I, I really, really want to explore that a little bit more. Debbie said, because I would become <clears throat> depressed if I don't. So that's touching on what you that's, were just expressing. Yep. And I think we want to <clears throat> even unpeel that a little further and be like, what? So what is it? What, what does that, what does that mean for the artist? Like, why is there this feeling of lack when you're not doing it? And this, this feeling, even when it makes you nervous, this feeling of like, um, Oh, the rush and the release of, of doing this thing. Yeah. On hand said, ah, I get your question now. Art brings me joy and lets me put things into the world that I want to see. It lets me make the world just a little more surreal. Oh, I love that. I That's love that. That's cool. That is good. That's kind of um, parallel to like me looking for the magic and creating the magic, I feel like. Jenny said, all these years since I was young, I would not be able to sleep and just lay awake all night thinking how to do it, just to put it in the corner after I finished and start another. I love that. I love that. There is this, there is this motivation to create. And mm -hmm. that's why I like, I like getting to the bottom of that because it really, it really purifies the motivation behind it, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're, when you're turning this into a career, I would say that one of the pitfalls of turning your art, the thing that you love, into a career is that when money gets involved, all of a sudden motivations can shift, right? Because we are very used to doing a lot of things in life that we don't want to do in order to make money, um, having a job, for example, um, just to pay the bills. And for some reason, something I know that for myself, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but for myself... It's easy to forget why it is that you create art in the first place when money gets involved, because all of a sudden it's like, well, I need to create enough 
for this show and I want to make you know enough pieces because I need to pay bills this month and all that stuff. And your motivation gets a little bit tarnished, I like to say. Mm-hmm. So I love these discussions where we get to the bottom of it and, you know, saying that for like for me, for example, I would say that my motivation behind it is similar. It's like I want to add more color. I want to be able to express myself in the way that I can only express myself with my art or with my writing or with my music mm-hmm. or anything like that. I want to express myself. Underneath that is another layer of I don't want to be invisible anymore. Yeah, so I can look at your art and your process and observe in you that with your artwork, it's almost like you're giving yourself the gift that maybe you felt like you were denied in in your earlier years, which is this feeling of power and empowerment because your work is supercharged with this empowered feeling and these empowering visuals. And so I think one aspect of art is that we're sometimes we're giving ourselves a gift of something that maybe we felt a lack of or felt denied in our life. Um, and so we're, we're um, I think Lisa had said um, therapeutic, it enriches my soul calms and centers me and creating helps me process the biggest of life's questions. Oh, I love that, Lisa. That's yeah. great. So I think it helps us um, to know ourselves better and, and to to maybe um, fill in things that we might feel like we were missing. I would say that that's, that's, that's a really good analysis because like when, when I was younger, I think one of the reasons that I really got into art, right, if I trace it back to my childhood – I was I was an only kid and I spent a lot of time alone. Like my my parents were off doing their own thing and I spent a lot of time alone and I was very um socially awkward. Like I did not know how to interact yeah. with other kids or anything like that. So like school was by the time I got to school, school was a nightmare, right? Cuz I I just didn't know how to interact or express myself the way that other kids express themselves when they're used to interacting with, with other people. And because I didn't have that connection. So my way of expressing myself was through my art for myself. Like a lot of times I process my feelings by creating pictures and and images Mm -hmm. and, and things like that, or writing short stories and stuff. So I was very much in my own world and I used art in order to express myself not to other people, but for myself, right? It, it, it becomes more like putting it out there is more of like, it's easy to get because I just said like, I don't want to be invisible anymore. Now, there's a pitfall there as well, right? Because in the beginning, it was like, I'm going to speak my voice um, because I don't want to be invisible anymore. And then you, all of you have experienced this on social media where you post things and you are invisible. You're Nobody like, sees drats. you. <laughs> yeah. So like I had to rewrite, I had to really investigate further and realize that like it had nothing to do with the response. It had to do with the empowerment that I felt of actually taking these things that I created and putting them out there for the world to see, whether the world looked at it, paid attention or not. At least I was speaking. I have a voice, damn it. I am going to say and express what it is that I feel 
in any way, shape, opportunity that I can. And my art is the biggest thing because my art was the thing that was there in the very beginning. So there's my deep why. Why do I create? Mm -hmm. Why do I have this need to create? So you could say that the act of sharing the art is um, sharing a perspective to connect, but the act of doing the art is almost like getting to show yourself what the perspective is in the first place. Right. And for artists, you might as well ask, well, why do you have a laugh or a cry or use the bathroom? It's not even a question of if it's going to happen. Right. It's a question of when it's like part of it is how we've developed uh, our way of being. It's And it is, I think, very much it is how, especially when you're a kid who was isolated and in your imagination a lot and maybe processing things, difficult things for some of us. Yeah. It is your way of communicating with yourself. Sometimes things that you can't find words for, I think. I think music for me early on was a way to explore things that I couldn't find words for. And then over time it develops into even more than that. But it's it's a direct line of communication with yourself. Yeah, most definitely. Heidi said, I've got so much in me to come out that if I don't create the work, I feel like my head might explode. <laughs> That's good, Heidi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that way too. Like I said, last year was challenging, was challenging because my my priorities had shifted to more online, like working at a website. Well, you guys, a lot of you guys know there were technical glitches and things like that. And I found myself prioritizing that instead of just ending it and um, not getting in the studio enough. And honestly, the, my, I, there was a lot of times where I just didn't even know how to feel about stuff because yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't processing stuff. I wasn't getting my ideas out. I wasn't excited. I wasn't working on things that I was excited about. I wasn't toiling away in the studio, working on something that I couldn't figure out, you know, like all of that stuff was, was put to the side and I can tell you right now, that's definitely not a mistake that I'm going to make again, because <laughs> indeed <laughs> I did not. I I think I had forgotten what it felt like to not be creating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it like became so normal that you started to like not even um, acknowledge how necessary it is for you. I and think then... so. And then the the lack thereof reminded you of how important. I think so, because I was getting into the studio every day. I mean, I get into the studio every day. It's important to, you know, it was important to me to create every day because mm-hmm. we were doing shows and we were doing all this other stuff. And I think I had forgotten. I had forgotten how much I process the world through the art that I create. My art is a mirror into myself, into my own emotions. And it's... It's interesting how much of an impact it has on you when you don't Mm -hmm. like, you know, I I started out, I feel just from being in the studio, you know, the the year just started, but just from being in the studio more consistently now, I feel more on my own two feet, standing stronger in my beliefs and and my thoughts and things like that. Because you're communicating with yourself again. Exactly. So it's like you're you're communicating with yourself through art when you're not. Then you're really more focused on the external, which is fine. But then the internal is getting... There's an overload of information in the external, though. Mm -hmm. There is so much information coming at you that, like, I think that that time... To process, even if you're not directly thinking about it, that time to process your thoughts 
um, in the subconscious when you're creating, where like you're kind of like what Jay says here, the world fa- fades away while I'm arting and I feel like it's one of the only times I'm listening to myself. And that, boom, mm-hmm. Jay, that's that's perfect. That's That's how I feel. Aurora said, sometimes I just need to get what I see in my head out. What good is that inner imaginary universe if you never share it with anyone? Yeah, the desire to share um, or just to... um, I've had moments where I've had a dream or a daydream or whatever, and it's like really just the act of getting it, um, making it tangible because I found it so um, visually stimulating or audibly stimulating or whatever that... um, it let's talk about that actually uh there's something about taking the raw material that is a thought or an idea or a subconscious um thing and making it tangible that is like i think that all humans are driven to do this um to create I think we all are driven to create. Even people that I've known that say that they're not creative, they're still creators because there, we're there's all, something that they're doing. The, yeah, yeah. Um, and and the one you know, I've seen people who say they're not creative get a lot out of having a creative block of time or being creative in other ways, whether that's through the language of cooking or um, math, what whatever it gardening. is, gardening. Um, we are creators, and so I think that there's an innate drive in us to take the intangible and i say that in quotations because thoughts are still very tangible and feelings are tangible but to take the the stuff that exists in that place and to translate it and create something that is tangible that we then get to look at or hear or smell or whatever and then other people can experience it too and i've had people tell me that that's a god complex (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, whatever, if it is, um, because I, I think that all people are driven in some way, shape, or form to make the intangible tangible, to work with the raw materials of thought and feeling and put and make it into something, and also to work with the raw materials that are paint or metal or wood or ceramics and make those into something. Well, it's kind of like, you know, there is, you have this, idea or this thing floating around inside of you and then you bring it to life like it becomes a tangible thing Mm -hmm. and so like it's almost you're birthing this thing into the world something that never existed quite in the way that it exists even if you're doing something like let's say you're doing a landscape that other artists have done you're still bringing into the world something that is vastly unique to anything else that's out there. A hundred percent. Never the same in all of the universe. And I think part of what we love about it is that it is challenging and we don't know how it's going to go and we don't know what it's going to be when it comes to fruition. We don't know if it's going to work out. Somebody that we knew called it the hunt. Um, The hunt, (laughs) yeah. Um, and so that's part of the rush, too, in creation process. Carrie said, I need to. If I don't make stuff, I feel crappy. I have things in my brain that need to exist in the tangible world. So there it is. Yep. And um, that is that is powerful. It's magic. It is. It is bridging the gap also between, like, your physical self and your subconscious self, your spiritual self, whatever you want to call it. Usually it's, I feel like it's a 
coalescing of like all the parts of you and then creating. Yep. Barbara said, for me right now, art helps me have a visual representation of what's going on internally. Totally, like bridging that gap. Not only making sense of the chaos in my mind, but also identifying frequency. Beautifully put. Totally. Beautifully put. I love that. Debbie said, only reason I sell my art is because I need to make room for more art. Exactly. I totally feel you on that. That's the thing, Debbie. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, like, I am like, because I will say, don't focus on the money. But I understand it's great to make money because then you can create more stuff and you make room for creating more stuff. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's so important to get to the core of why it is that you create. What is the that love that you're feeling for the art so that you don't allow money to get in the way of the creative part, right? Because none of us started creating art because we were like, we're going to make all that money. You know, like no. that, that, that's not what was at the core of creating the art. And I think it's important to hold on to that because that's where your power is. Mm-hmm. Barbara said anxiety and overwhelm is energy asking for expression and release. Art helps me do this. Yeah, beautifully That's put. beautifully put. <laughs> and that was kind of what I was trying to reach for when I said, why do you cry? Why do you laugh? It's the same kind of reason that you make art as well. Jenny said so many thoughts have to get them out to make room for the others. There's no way to accurately express it in everyday words to people who aren't in your brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyler said, art became therapy for me during the pandemic. I did have visions of making a lot of money as a breakout artist, but in quarantine, art became therapy. Now it's a passion and I'd be sad without it. Exactly. Exactly. And there was a lot of, you know, during, during for the for the pandemic and the whole idea of breaking out as an artist, there's a lot of myths out there that revolve around that, that are financially driven. And that that's Tyler. Those are the pitfalls that I felt into in the very beginning of doing what I was doing. And it, it made everything much more discouraging. And I think that that's why one of my superpowers throughout the doing this as an art career is that constant reminder of why is it that I do this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the, the what is the reason that I do this? Why do I love doing this? Right? Would I do this if I wasn't making any money with it? You know, and it's important to hold on to that passion because that's what drives you to create, not making money. Not making money. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, <clears throat> Lisa said, I get very grumpy if I'm too long out of the studio. So true, It's like Lisa. breathing. Yeah. Right? Esther said, art made me want to live when I didn't see the point anymore. So good. So good, Esther. Uh, I, I have experienced that in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it, basically my entire life in corporate was kind of that was that where it was like I don't see the point to this like what what is life about like this just doesn't feel fulfilling and in creating art that's where getting that out and expressing myself it really it really made the world different for me really it's made like, the world different yeah, for re- me yeah relighting the pilot light when the pilot light has gone yeah Eric said, sort of in relation to the new podcast time, how do you motivate yourself to get into the studio if you only have an hour or two to dedicate rather than being able to have a full session? An hour or two, so much could be taken care of in an hour or two, right? So like if I get into the studio and I know that like I have got this this much time between, right? 
Um, then I know that maybe I'm going to get in there and I'm going to be in a design phase. Maybe I'm going to sketch out some future paintings on canvas or um, I already have several works going on. So it's not going to hurt if I go in there and add some some colors to something or do something. I usually have several projects going on. And even when I do a full session, like chances are I'm not going to get that work done during mm-hmm. that session. So with art, I've with art, I've gotten really, really good at that. You know, just taking advantage of any amount of time that I can get in the studio. I've learned how to do that, too, because I used to feel like it, there was no point if I had a time limit. And it's really changed for me. In fact, nowadays, my sessions at the bench generally are an hour or two. Same with the music uh, desk. And basically, um, I'm aware of the time limit, but once I get at the bench or at the music desk, I set an alarm if I have to, to let me know time's up. But otherwise, I ignore the time limit. I stop thinking about it and I let myself just be working on whatever it is without kind of paying attention to the time limit. Yeah. Especially if the time limit feels stifling. And what I found often is that I feel, after an hour or two, I feel very fulfilled and um, content with where I got with it, whatever it is. Sometimes that's not the case and I don't want to step away and I feel like, oh, but then that makes me also excited to go back to it the next day or whenever. So it kind of keeps the motivation alive at the same time. Yeah. Um, Naomi said, hi guys, I'm intimidated by talking about my art due to it being deeper than a five minute convo allows when one asks me to explain. I clam up and think, are you a licensed therapist and how much time can you spare? <laughs> um, yeah, and that's totally valid. Um, sometimes we don't know how to like even approach that or go there with people. And I think what Rafi and I have found is there's layers of stuff yeah. that you can divulge or share it's, about your art. It starts with the cliff notes summary the general right and that's where i start the conversation and then if it becomes a conversation that goes a little bit deeper especially if the person relates to the painting in some way shape or form because i'll give maybe the cliff notes version of it and then i'll ask them well what do you see in the piece right Mm -hmm. and that gets that conversation started i don't worry about explaining every detail Mm -hmm. i just have a conversation with them Right. Because that's that's what it does. The artwork, like like I was saying, like the artwork is me expressing the world to myself. And so I'm not going to in my mind, like my pieces, there are so many layers to my pieces that like I'm not going to overwhelm someone when they ask right off the bat because you don't know. Is that is that a question because something about the work connected with them or is it a question because that's typically what they ask artists? You know, is it just a surface question? So I usually for each one, I'll be like, well, you know, this one represents and I try to come up with one word or a sentence that says this one represents this. And then I'll ask them, like, what do you feel? You know, what what is it that you're getting from this piece? And then I allow the conversation to just kind of go organically from there. Yeah, it really it is a case by case. Someone said to me recently um, that the latest music drop, All We Are, had a very spiritual tone uh, to it. And my response was, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely does have a spiritual element. I could have said, 
I am totally driven by the places where science and spirituality intersect. I'm obsessed with it. I and like, you know, but in that moment, it was just simpler to be like, mm-hmm, yeah, there is a spiritual component or to just simply say like, man, guys, I really like rocks, you know, and you don't really have to give any more in that moment or like supernovas are so cool. Did you know that precious metals come from them? Yeah. And Um, and that right there starts a conversation with somebody who's interested in that particular mm -hmm. thing that you're talking about. And they don't need to know that like, maybe at some point they know that I was a lonely kid that went through stuff and that these particular things became an outlet of expression for me, but I'm not going to come out the gate with that. No, people. no. And you don't owe people that if you're not comfortable talking about it. No, you guys being authentic is not about spilling the beans about everything about yourself in the first conversation. Being authentic is talking about what you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. talking about. And so on the flip side of that, the more you do get comfortable talking about that. And if you do feel comfortable and ready to talk about some of the deeper things that are in the art, that is also totally good and groovy, but it is absolutely about your comfort level. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your art is already expressing it. So you don't mm-hmm. have to like explain it. You know what I mean? And that's where a lot of that pressure comes from. Like you are expressing yourself. You are creating this thing because you are driven to create it. Other than that, like you don't have to, you could, you could talk about the art in a Cliff's Notes version, but Mm -hmm. all of the feelings are there. So really it's like asking, it's kind of like, um, qualifying the person when you ask them, like, what is it that you're feeling? Mm -hmm. You know, um, some of you have expressed to us and also the kids during this time, uh, that, uh, I'm doing shadow work right now. And that's what this art is about. And I think that that's a beautiful way to say, I'm exploring parts of myself that might be a little difficult. And there's some of that in this art. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, dude, I feel that so much. I think that's a journey that we're all on in some way, shape, or form. And so, yeah, and that's, and I think maybe sitting and finding um, ways to say those things in ways that you're comfortable with is a really good thing to do, to practice. Yeah, and the more the more shows, the, the reason that we're comfortable with it is because we've done a lot of shows. So mm-hmm. every show, there there's always an opportunity. You're always kind of like hit from left field with a question, and you just become more comfortable doing it. Even if I clammed up a lot. Oh, man. I still clam <laughs> yeah. up. So yeah. don't don't see that as like a negative thing when you're when you're expressing yourself and your art. Um, Diego said a similar feeling like Jay's where everything and everyone fades away while doing art. And that feeling can become addictive sometimes. It really does. And Debbie said it's a form of meditation, especially when I'm in the flow. Yeah. Totally. Unhand said, man, everyone is putting into words all the things I'm feeling too. It's so great to hear. I'm not the only one. Right. And that's, that's the thing. Like as creators, I love these kind of conversations Mm -hmm. where you're talking about like, what, what is it? What is it underneath it? What is, what is it that really drives you to, to create? I think this is another piece of the puzzle for me to, um, as an isolated creative kid, One of the side effects, and I'll call it a side effect because it wasn't the motivating factor, but one of the side effects that I love about being a creative person is getting to have friendships with other creative people, the community that forms around creative people. And when creative people find each other and then the conversations that we get to have, um, I love that. 
So that was an unexpected sort of like boon. It really was. Um, the creative community. At least our creative community. I was not expecting to have it. And not only the creative community, but like people that like came into the booth and some of the conversations that we had were out of this world, like mm-hmm. amazing conversations. And as a, as a, like a terrified introvert, I did not expect, I did not expect to feel as confident as I do in doing what I do other than the fact that like in expressing my art and putting it out there, it just, it really opened up that world for me. This is such a cool thing because art is when you share art, it's a conversation and it's a story, whether it's a little tiny story or a big, huge story, it's a story. And it's like, once you create the art, then you get to sit with the art and be like, what's the story that I'm telling here? What's the conversation? And then once you start sifting through that, it actually helps you over time to have that conversation in words with another human if you want to, if they see the art and they're resonating with that with that emotion. Yeah. It, it actually can help you find the words where there weren't words before if that's something that you want to do. And it, that's why I think it's important that, like, you create something. Like, I am fascinated by the stuff that I create that I'm like, oh, I really love that or, like, whatever. And then I sit there and try to, like, step outside of myself for a little bit, look at the art and be like, why, why did you create this? Like, what is it about this that you really like? What resonates with you? Mm-hmm. Right. And you and honestly, in every single one of those um, communions with my art, I would say I find out more about myself every you know? time. And and it's it's just your art, no matter what it is that you create, your art will always mirror something within you. Always mirror something within you. Barbara said, this conversation thread is amazing. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I second that emotion. Lady K. Hi, Lady K. Hey, Lady K. I tell people that when I'm making art, that what I'm making is beyond me. I feel like I'm more of a vessel for that thing to come out rather than I really made it, unless I planned a lot of stuff beforehand. There is that element, too. Um, we... We've been talking with the kids about this and we've been calling it a download. Like you get a download and it almost feels like you were just the channel through which it came and um, the vessel that, that helped create it. Um, and I and that's exciting to me when that happens. And I kind of feel like it's a collaboration because it's a it's an energy that's like floating around waiting to be manifest. And you have to kind of line up with that. Like you have to be kind of like receptive to it and ready for it and kind of vibrating in the same frequency as it. That's that's why I can't get into studio and create. From a bad, from like a, yeah. Yeah. So it is, even when it feels like a download and like you were just the hands, it is a collaboration. At least that's how I feel about it. Um, I felt like a lot of songs that I've written were downloads, but I also felt like, dude, I was just the person to write that song too. Um, and so that to me is really cool. And that also helps make that connection um, for me uh, to all the things, myself and my spiritual self, um, sides of myself, things I'm trying to express, like the whole enchilada, it yeah. all brings it together. 
Esther said, art teaches me about God, about myself, about others, about how I see the world. Beautifully put, Mm -hmm. Esther. Lady K said, I still fall into those financial pitfalls, especially when I'm questioned by others if what I'm doing is profitable. Yeah, you know what? Other people could uh, keep that question to themselves. It's, it is profitable and it's, it goes through ebbs and flows. And honestly, at the end of the day, your determination and your persistence is ultimately what matters. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love to think of things in those terms, like, is it profitable? Is it whatever? And it's like, A, that's none of your business. And B, um, it is what I make it. Plain and simple. I have to laugh a little bit. Um, for you Star Trek nerds out there, that word, of course, always brings to mind the Ferengi in Star Trek. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not Ferengi. Sorry, like, I'm not worried about the profits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this for other reasons. Yeah, it there's, cracks a, there's, me up. there's, uh, there's much deeper reasons. There are much more world impacting reasons than whether or not it's making a profit. Carrie said, I'm exploring the places where the art and magic mix. Art's a powerful tool for magic, and magic is very much an art. It's alchemy. That is Beautifully put. I love that. And I totally feel that. Nancy said, art helped me through my cancer diagnosis and treatment, and it was the most powerful salve to my soul. Beautifully put, Mm -hmm. Nancy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? There's there's scientific um, tests that they have done and measured about the healing properties of creating art. Mm -hmm. It is, is, if you guys ever get the chance to look at some of that research, it is mind-blowing how how healing it is to to work on i i know you guys know that already. yeah uh lady k said i loved Clee's quote about um talking about creating magical objects in one of the other podcasts i like that idea much better than i'm making a product yeah it's not a product it's not a product if you were making bottles of shampoo and mass producing them then it would be a product but mm-hmm. it's not Unless you were doing magical shampoo, which could be a thing. Well, yeah. Um, That was part of my journey. And I want to touch on a couple of things here of burning out because I forgot why I do what I do. And then allowing myself burnout time to do nothing. And actually what I was doing during that time, because I love art so much, is I was consuming vast quantities of other people's art and stories in the form of music and movies and programs. And all of a sudden, I was bam, 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 back to remembering, oh, yeah, I believe in magic. I practice magic. I create magical objects. And it was like the lights came back on. And all of a sudden, I was like supercharged and flooded with inspiration once again. And also on that note, going back to how much do you say, right? I'm not going to drop that on somebody like straight out the gate, like that I burned out and that I make, like I forgot that and this is what I do. Yeah. Um, going back to how much do you divulge and how do you get comfortable with that? It's it's enough for me to say, actually, I had to work on saying I make magical objects because that can be a tricky thing to say when you don't know how it'll be received. Um, and so getting comfortable with saying that again, um, but also just, you know, like, I like to walk in the magic of life. I'm interested in where science and art and spirituality intersect. We're talking about, um, we're not talking about the humdrum stuff here. We're talking about the the sparkly stuff yeah. of life. And 
but it's just a piece of that. And then if somebody really wants to get into that, right? Like I resonate with that then. Okay, let's talk about walking in magic. Man, some really great conversations come from those. Yeah, and you know, we do this with you guys. And actually part of the reason that I think I'm comfortable is because I can do this with you guys. And maybe for some of you, talking about these things with the community could help you or does help you get comfortable talking with people at shows or other people outside of this community little piece at a time one piece at a time <laughs> one piece at a time <laughs> um so that was kind of a tangent but um i wanted to kind of touch on those things definitely jenny said there was a time i didn't do any art i'm not sure why without realizing it i did everything with a crazy art scientist flair how many cookies did i invent how much drive by razzle dazzle did i do i love it i love it yeah and that it, is... it, it takes over. It takes over. But you have to have that creative outlet to for it to take over. I love I love that. Aurora said, nothing makes my brain go totally blank than someone asking me, so what's your novel about? <laughs> my stuff is so multi-layered that I find it impossible to explain in a simple nutshell. And so maybe that's where this one piece at a time thing yeah. can can be beneficial to I think to all of us, right? You don't owe anyone the full scoop. Or the full divulging of your story, especially if they didn't sign up for it, or or you don't you can't gauge where they are. So you could be like, you know, um, you could you could find a one word summary, yeah, one character. So it's about it's a story arc of like one character that mm-hmm. finds growth, you know, or is dealing with this or is dealing with mm-hmm. that, and basically just you know I get it because like every. Everything is is multi-layered when we create it, even if we don't realize that it's multi-layered, right? Whether you're writing a book, whether you're writing a song, whether you are creating some artwork, whether you're creating a piece of jewelry, whatever it is, it's going to have a lot of facets to it. And it, you're going to get bogged down if you try to explain that, you know, like somebody like asks you a question and then you just word vomit all of it out and like... A lot of us think that that's what it means to talk about your art or your creations. And it's like, no, it's not. You have to qualify the conversation to begin with, right? Just because they're asking, like, what is what is your book about? Or what is this piece about? Like, you don't have to, like, give them the entire backstory. And that's where it's like, just simplify it to the simplest thing that you possibly can. Because if they are interested then they will ask another question, mm-hmm. right? And that's where I think I think that that's where the whole money thing comes in and it just mucks up the waters because if somebody asks about something, then immediately you're like, oh my God, does that mean that they want to buy it? And then you just want to word vomit everything, but then you get nervous and then you clam up and you don't know what to do. And it's because you're giving yourself way too much pressure. It's just a conversation. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. You're getting to know someone. That's mm-hmm. That's all it is. Uh, Jenny said, speaking of supernovas, that moon-Jupiter combo last night was stunning. We didn't see it. We did not it was, see it. It was um, overcast and snowing here. Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, hunkered down under blankets. But, Jenny, that makes me really happy to know that you experienced it. 
Debbie said, we creatives are from another planet. Maybe. Maybe. Aurora said, the characters I write about are very much complete people in my head, as complex as any real person you'd meet. I'm still convinced that I'm just observing an alternate reality when writing. Pretty much how it goes. You could even be like, dude, my characters are like hard to summarize, but if I had to, like, here's what I Here's one character, yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's a really great uh, summary. Yeah, that really is. That really is. Girlfriend said, for me, my art and fashion brand is creating for the world where magic lives. Life can be hard and messy, and I just like being able to keep one foot in a magic place. Oh, I love it, Gail. That I is a really it. cool way to say that, is a really, that feeling. Yeah. I resonate with that so much. Yeah. Esther said, gotta sign off. Go Rogues. Thanks Hi, for Esther. being here, Esther. Lady K said, downloads is such an interesting way to think about it. It also helps me stay motivated to learn new techniques. So when a new download comes in, I have the skills ready to, to execute, execute the, the file, file type. <laughs> I love it. Totally. I love totally. it. Totally. It helps me too. I feel that way too. I'm like, I want to stay sharp so that when I get a download, I'm here for it. I want to be here for it. Yep. Lisa said, hey, nerds, even Spock was a musician. Exactly. Creativity is logical. Yep. So was Data. Yep. Data was all about musical performance and um, humanizing musical performance. And Data was super good about promoting yeah, if, his if, shows. If you ever wonder what is the best way to promote any show that you're doing, whether it's music or art or anything, just watch some Next Gen and watch every time Data was going to perform. He basically totally. went up to everyone and was like, are you coming to my concert tonight? Are you coming to my concert tonight? Are you coming to my concert? And there you go. That's marketing 101. You've you've got it down. You could do that. You could you will market yourself just fine. Most definitely. Yeah. Chris said rules of acquisition number 104. Do nothing unless it generates profit, unless it involves Umax. <laughs> I love it. Uh, truth be told, I love the Ferengi um, because they help put things in perspective. In perspective, yes. Really in good a really fun way. Yeah. That's the beauty of the art that is um, science fiction, too. Science fiction and fantasy and are amazing. They really help us put things in perspective that it's like uh, can be hard to conceptualize. Yeah. Art is wizardry. Absolutely, Sarah. Absolutely. Debbie said, I'm glad I finally made it here. This is an awesome conversation. Well, glad to have you here, Debbie. Unhand said, I always say stick to the results and benefits when you explain stuff. <laughs> you know what? That is actually really cool. The results yeah. and benefits when you explain stuff. I never quite thought about it that way. But so like even something like my shield necklace that I wear a lot uh, when I get asked about it. I I usually tell people it's kind of like a worry stone, but not. <laughs> um, and that's as far as I go, um, which is a result and benefit. It's an anchoring tool, right? Um, I don't tell them straight out the gate, like, I have tremendous social anxiety, so I literally can't go out of the house without this <laughs> necklace am- on. That would be amazing. <laughs> I think you should start it off like that. Maybe like, I'll just, just open do- with that. Do exactly what you did here for the video where you like leaned in and were like, I have tremendous social anxiety. (laughs) If I wasn't wearing this, I wouldn't be here right now. Um, It's an anchoring tool. Yeah. But no, I'll be like, you know, it's kind of like a worry stone, but it's like a different, it's my rendition of like having a worry stone and anchoring piece, right? Then if 
the conversation goes in that direction, I might say, I have huge social anxiety. <laughs> this helps me. This helps me. Gail said, I love Next Generation. Probably the best show ever. We don't we don't want to get Clee started. That's that's a conversation yeah, starter because Clee is in love with uh, all of Star all Trek. Of Star Trek. But yeah. if I had to pick a series, it's probably Next Gen. <laughs> it, it, it was inspiring. Is. It was inspiring for life. Oh my gosh! You know, yeah, yeah. Let's not make the, we we could do a whole podcast on how I feel <laughs> about Star Trek. A series of podcasts, probably. The, uh, so we're we're getting to the end of the podcast. So like I want to like get um get some final thoughts here about you, the love of art for the love of art and creating. Oh, for the love of art. Yeah. And oh, creating. for the love of art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I think that this conversation is um like this is one of the, one of the best conversations that I've had in a while about this particular subject. And I think that these are the kind of conversations that really ultimately matter, right? There's a lot of conversations out there in the art world about what is real art, what isn't real art. Um, how do you get into, you know, the, the art market? How do you blah, blah, how do you make money with your art and all that stuff? And I think that all that stuff kind of dehumanizes the act of creating, right it, it 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 makes it more into like a corporate type of endeavor and it's easy for us to fall into that because you know we want to make money we want to be able to support ourselves and make money however if you lose sight of what is at the core right what is the foundation what is that thing that really really causes you to where where you can't help but create where, where you strive to do something, where you feel empty if you're not creating, that to me is the most powerful thing that an artist has moving forward in doing anything that they want, whether they want to make this a career or not. That is the powerful motivator that allows you to persist through the suck. Yes. Everything that we talked about here is the thing that pushes you forward. And my final thought is going to piggyback off of that which is if you've lost touch with that powerful driving force um, and you need and like you're not finding it, acknowledge that maybe you need a reset. Maybe you need to look at that. Um, an effective tool for me when I lose my way is to consume other people's art, take in other people's art, whether you go somewhere to look at visual art or you immerse yourself in music that you love, or you binge watch all your favorite movies. Um, for me, that lit my fire again. And it always lights my fire in new ways because I'm always picking up new things, even from art that I have consumed before. And also remember that your art is probably doing that for someone else yeah. because it's an Ouroboros of amazing it's an Ouroboros of awesomeness and magic. So, um, I, and that's, I, maybe that's my favorite thing about art. I don't think I could pick a favorite, but it's up there is that art helps refuel the creative soul when you consume other people's art and then your art can do that for somebody else. And it's this never ending, amazing thing. And see, and that's, that's a great, 
that's a great way of putting it because if your mind is stuck in that place where you're thinking about things in financial ways, then instead of growing and consuming that art and being inspired by it, then you're comparing it. Right. You know, so it really shows you like, where is your mindset at? Are you in an empowered, are you in an empowered place where you are going to persist and move forward? Are, or are you in a place where you are now allowing yourself to demotivate you from doing this thing that you can't help but do and put out there? You know, like that's, that's at its simplicity. This is the most powerful thing that we could all talk about. Yeah. Jenny said, sometimes a lot. I have no memory of how I did something. I'll stare at it and think, how did I do this? I know I did it, though. I know I'm forgetful, but that's ridiculous. Jenny, that's why I have a notebook where I write down sometimes, depending on a piece, I will write down step by step, put little paint splotches on there. Like, this is what I did. This is what I did with this color. This is what I did. I don't do it with everything, but there are certain pieces where I try to remember exactly how I did it, especially if it's like um, one of my series that are like made toward, they're all different, but like there are similar things in them. Um, That's the only way. But one of the biggest struggles that I have going on now, I have done portraits. I have done tons of portraits, beautiful picture, skin tones, everything. Boom. I have done them. I know how to do them. And every time I do them, I forget how to do them. Yeah, man. Like, (laughs) completely. Like, just completely, like, I don't even know what to do with these colors. I think that when you're in the zone and you're in the flow, uh, that is the magic. And part part of the consequence of that is that you don't remember... Because you were in the zone yeah. and in the flow. And so we make ourselves field guides after the fact. I'll go back and re- try to retrace my steps as best I can if I think I want to try to make something similar in the future. Sometimes there was just a thing and it was a one-off and I just know that it'll never happen again. And I'm like, it's cool that that happened, though. And it was magic. <laughs> I think that I think that when you allow yourself to get into flow, right? Because like it'll be the the my my problem is that I'm like, oh, I don't remember how to do this, and immediately I'm I'm planting a seed of doubt into it. Mm-hmm. But like when you're in the flow and you are just creating, and you're like, well, this feels right, and you just kind of go in that direction. I feel like those are the things where like I can't remember how I did it. Because I was just following the flow. I was just in that in that place of creating and just following that. So I know that if I allow myself to get back into flow, that's fine. I don't need to have the answers. They will come to me. Um, and then yes. for other things, I do have a field guide. I do have a field guide. <laughs> sometimes the field guide is handy. Yeah. Sometimes you just go yeah. venture forward. And uh, I think that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was a great podcast. Thank you to the Rogues for being here. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing. Yeah. And you make these conversations so much fun. Yes. So relevant. You bring in your own perspective. And that's so important in these because, you know, 
we're all different and everybody relates to things in their own personal way. And that's ultimately the, the ultimate truth of how to deal with things or how to go through things. So thank you for sharing your perspectives and your questions, which were super good and your humor and everything in between. Yep. Thank you guys. And for everybody listening to this at home, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We try to do one of these podcasts once a week and uh, hey, if you like this and you'd like to subscribe or follow us on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this on, um, go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button so that you could uh, stay tuned to what it is that we're doing. And other than that, I think it's time to say goodbye. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios. Adios.